I, I approached him with the mindset that I didn't know who he was. I didn't know all his success in basketball. I just wanted to know that he was a successful businessman and just learn from his business experiences. So treating people that are higher up with the same amount of respect, you gotta treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO, I believe. Treat the janitor like you treat the CEO? Ain't that the truth? And that was Mohul with the big facts. And he's back with part two of his episode. Just a reminder, he is a Forbes 30 under 30 scholar and a UCF knight who has tons to offer the world. And you don't want to miss this episode. Let's hop right back into it. All right, so taking a look so far, um, we've basically caught up to your journey now. Where we had a glimpse at 45 to 50% of your journey so far. Taking a look at everything that we've done and you know, looking into the future, what do you think 100% looks like for you? 100% looks like where it's, it's, it's at a stage where I'm financially free. I'm able to uh, do what I want, when I want. And in addition to that, I'm able to help and inspire those to do what they want and when they want to do it. I want to, I just don't want to be uh, rich. I want to be wealthy. I don't want to be wealthy in terms of money. I want to be wealthy in terms of building a legacy whereby when I do die, someone's going to be like, oh, I remember this guy. So such as, so like everyone knows Nelson Mandela. He, he wasn't very rich. He inspired a lot of people, though. And that's the type of wealth I'm trying to seek. I'm not trying to seek money. I'm trying to seek a legacy. And that's once I reach that, then I've reached 100%. I love that, man. And this is when I really want to dive into the tactical side of everything that you do. Like, I feel like you're very strategic in what you do, even though you might not necessarily think it while you're doing it. And like, we just dove into it a little bit with those, um, with you getting your Goldman Sachs internship of like going back 16 times. Do you have any other tricks when it comes to how to stand out at a career fair or a conference if you're attending it from a student's perspective? Yeah, if you want to stand out uh, at a student, from a student's perspective, you want to do anything and everything that would that would make you more unique from the person next to you. So you would always want to, before, for example, if I want to speak to a company, I would go into a line and not go into the line in, in, with the intention to speak with that person, but I want to go hear what the other person is asking them, what type of question. So I'd go spy, essentially on other people and see what they're talking about. And when I, when it's my turn to go in line and actually talk to the recruiter, I would have inside, inside a knowledge onto what the recruiter is looking for and to, on these type of uh, influences that I can connect with the recruiter on. So for example, if you go and you figure out that the recruiter's name is Jonathan before he even introduces himself to be like, Hey, Jonathan, how are you doing? Just that, that type of insider knowledge, just knowing the guy's name would put you on a pedestal that not a lot of people know and not a lot of people do. Everyone just goes and be like, hi, my name is this, and they exchange names. But if you go there and you change the psychology, you reverse psychology on the, on the recruiter, that would be the best benefit for you. And that's what I, that's what I normally do when I, when I go to conferences. And that's a great point, and it's a it's a great um, advertising tactic that's often used. Um, I, I know specifically when I've watched uh, commercials by Old Spice. Um, you know, they sometimes have some weird commercials: guy on a horse, bathroom, riding horse backwards. It's so 
off-putting and um, so abstract that it just immediately catches your eyes and, you know, you follow yourself throughout the entire commercial. Um, and, you know, they'll close with what they're trying to sell you. Uh, but you're essentially doing the same thing when you go up and speak with a company where um, by simply you know, calling out their name or saying something that you've overheard them say before that they don't expect you to know previously that you're readily already getting them off put and, you know, interested in what you're saying. Right. Right. That's, that's exactly it. I mean, if you, if you want to, I feel like you have to do your due diligence. You may not know anything on it with any meeting. You got to do some due diligence on the person you're going to speak to. You got to know a bit of their background so you can relate to them. If you don't know anything about the person you're going to speak to, it's, it's a bit hard to connect on the first try. And at most conferences, you only get one, two tries unless you are persistent and you go keep going back, you know? So doing due diligence before you go out to meet someone is always, always beneficial. Exactly. Um, and what's truly uh, beneficial when, uh, as you progress through your story, uh, through your transitions, is how you've been able to stay so grounded um, and so focused. Um, and w- what I wanted to highlight with that are what are some of the tangibles um, that you know, some of our listeners could apply to their current lives um, that you've used when going through college to remain so uh, grounded and uh, transition so well into American life. Some tangibles. Um, I wouldn't say there's there's many tangibles out there um, to remain grounded. You just gotta remain, remember what your roots are and stay humble. Always stay humble. Always stay. Uh, keen to learn something new from someone for example like I'm trying to get into the real estate industry even though I have such a high background a lot of people think I'm that like I'm very successful but when I approach this individual I approach them in such a manner where they didn't know anything about me they didn't do anything I did but the way um, they were able to express their real estate uh, experiences to me would be was incredible if whereas if I had gone told them that I've achieved this I've achieved that it would not speak to me at a certain level. So, for example, I would say at this Forbes uh, last summit, I, I actually met the CEO of Forbes, but I did it without knowing who he was. So we were actually out there drinking, and I was just talking to people, and I was introducing myself to a lot of people out there. And I, I happened to introduce myself to the CEO of Forbes, but I didn't know who he was. So the way it went was I introduced myself, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? What's your initiative at this summit? Are you trying to get some funds for your company? Are you a CEO? Like, what is what's what are you at the summit for? It's like, oh, I'm actually the CEO of Forbes. And at that point, I realized that this guy was so humble. He he listened to me for all these like minutes that I was talking to him. He replied back to me, and only at the end of the conversation was when he mentioned that he was actually the dude running the entire event and the entire company. So that's that's one thing that I've I've realized, and I've seen the higher ups up there. They're they're the most humble people that you can that I inspire to be, and I inspire everyone else to be as well. That's super interesting. Like, and I f- I feel like even myself, um, when it comes to trying to meet someone, especially in a position as influential as like the CEO of Forbes or anything like that. If I do research beforehand and I, I like know who that is, sometimes I'll psych myself out, right? Do you feel the same way with that sometimes? I do, but I've come to realize that we're all human beings and 
everyone and anyone wants to be treated equally, even though they might have a bigger title than you. So everyone wants to get something off their chest. For example, like Kevin Durant, like um, when I spoke to him, uh, he basically, everyone that was trying to speak to him talked to him about basketball. But when I approached him, I was like, hey, so what's your business mindset? Like, what are you, what are you doing for business? I didn't talk anything about like basketball with him. It was essentially just like something he wanted to get off his chest and he smiled. I saw the smile on his face and I was like, well, why are you smiling so big? He's like, no one's ever asked me about my business. Everyone asked me about my, the way I play ball and stuff. So I was like, I, I approached him with the mindset that I didn't know who he was. I didn't know all his success in basketball. I just wanted to know that he was a successful businessman and just learn from his business experiences. So treating people that are higher up with the same amount of respect, you got to treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO, I believe. I couldn't agree more. And so that brings us to networking. You're obviously a master when it comes to networking, right? And you're able to separate yourself from sort of these uh, like shiny titles, uh, for lack of better words. Um, everyone always talks about how you need to network. Um, net, your network is your net worth. But no one actually really ever tells you the tangibles of how to network. If you could give a student a tip, besides the one that you just talked about, about like really separating their title and achievements from who they actually are, what would be your number one tip to that timid student who knows that he or she needs to network but doesn't necessarily know how to go about it? Uh, go out of the comfort zone. Everyone's going to say this. It might sound cliche. You might hear it on the internet, but go out of the comfort zone. And the only reason I say this is because I met someone today and they were like, how have you met so many people? Like I was walking around campus and I was literally waving, just like just saying hello to the, the, my friends that I knew around campus. And the person next to me was like, why do you know so many people? I was like, in my freshman year, when I came here, I knew zero, one, zero person, like not anyone. I had no relatives. I had nothing to do with UCF or anything in America, basically. So I started from ground zero and I, it was, a, it had, it had to come to a turning point where I was like, if I want to reach my goals, I came all the way to a different country. I flew 30 hours in a, in a, in a flight, in a cylinder, basically putting myself in a cylinder for 30 hours just to come here. I have to go meet someone. So I made it my goal to meet one person a day for 365 days. And that's just like, that's just rocketed. So even if you're at a conference, just go talk to someone, talk to the guy in front of you in the line, talk to the guy behind you in the line. You never know what they have to offer. So just be open to people and go meet people is what I would say. No, and that's huge. And I think it's a, a good uh, value to have not only in the professional space, um, but in your, your social life as well, uh, as well. I feel like as, you know, when we're younger, it's really easy to make friends as, you know, kids have that low barrier to entry there. Um, but as we get older, it's, uh, you know, sometimes a little harder, especially if you're not seeing that person every day um, or you don't have any previous knowledge about them to, you know, go up to someone and start that conversation. Um, but I do think it's really important to, you know, establish those connections and be able to make the the first step and reach out, shake the hand or say hi to establish that uh, that connection. Because, you know, those connections can grow into beautiful, long lasting friendships in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I actually made a, uh, a post to do, to do with that on on. Uh, 
on networking, essentially, when I was at, when I was at Goldman Sachs um, over the summer, I made a post on LinkedIn. Uh, the post was it, had, it was a quote. It said, "Be a kid with the refinement." So essentially, as you mentioned, kids don't have barriers when they're young. You can go meet anyone and anyone you want. But the older that you get, you build these self-made barriers, and you don't want to experience the world. You don't want to like meet different people because of these self-made barriers. So as as an adult, I would say, be a kid, but with refinement. So you can still go meet people but have that refined adult attitude towards it, you know? Yeah, no, of course. Um, well, stepping away from networking a little bit, uh, I want to transition more into the, the actual working space because, um, you know, we, we've talked about it earlier, but you do have some experience with Goldman Sachs um, and, and now with uh, um, Simeon's. Tell me a little bit about your experience working through, um, as a college student, working in the, the professional world, in the finance field, um, to where you are now. Yeah, um, so working at Goldman Sachs as an aerospace and mechanical engineer was very different to what I actually study, and I was probably, I think, the only intern out of 245 interns that was with Goldman Sachs that was an aerospace and mechanical engineer. Everyone else was either industrial engineering or some type of business major, finance, economics, or some type of that major. So I actually stood out when it came to that. But what I came to realize was that working in the financial world was that you, you it's a whole different perspective. And no matter what I've achieved in my aerospace career, it meant nothing when it came to finances. So I had to grow, build myself from ground up. And as all interns did, like I was leveraging the people that knew economics. I was leveraging the people that knew finance. So a lot of people come to school and they'd be like, oh, you guys are studying finance, you must be dumb. You're studying economics, you must be dumb. Or you're studying engineering, you're probably clever as hell. But like, if you go into these different fields, you realize that you're not the cleverest person. And you start need to start leveraging these different people and start helping. Like, if you don't, if you don't help others, there's no way you can grow as a whole. And that's what I did. I was like trying to help people as well as them helping me. So if you, if I provided them with a if they provided me with some help, I was going to go out of my way to provide them with any help in any way possible. And that's what I, that's what, that's how Goldman Sachs was with for me. Transitioning into Siemens, that's actually engineering where I can apply everything that I'm using in school. So as well as the, my experiences from Goldman. So I believe that I'm the only intern at Siemens as well that works for two different departments. I work for the mechanical department and the fluid department. Whereas all the other interns work for one a single department, either like project management or like a single electrical field or something like that. So uh, they were they were respectful and they understood that I, I came with a diverse background. And I was able to push myself and apply myself. And that's why I believe they put me into two different teams to uh, like use my resources that way. Okay. So I want to dive into that mindset that you just talked about when you were at Goldman, right? Um, it's kind of, I, the best way I want to kind of describe it is like, if you're an all-star on your high school soccer team, right? But then you go into college and you're surrounded by all these other all-stars from across the world, essentially, you might not still be the all-star of the all-stars. And I feel like that's what you were kind of doing when you, interned at Goldman. You were an all-star when it came to aerospace and UCF, but when you got your position at Goldman, 
you weren't really in a field that you studied and you kind of had to start from ground zero. I think the biggest thing with a lot of people, whether it's sports or in the professional world is getting over that hump of like you were at the top at one point, but now you're starting somewhere lower. How are you able to not succumb to that sort of mindset of like, Oh, I'm not the best anymore. Why should I keep working? And instead use it more as momentum and motivation to learn more about finances. So, uh, the one thing that I did realize was that I do have all this background in aerospace engineering. And if I, if I went to Goldman Sachs for a whole summer and I didn't learn anything else, um, apart from aerospace engineering and I didn't grow that way, I couldn't come back and be a bigger person, you know? So if I if I'd gone there just to and I just studied if I just did the minimalistic thing and I came back to UCF still being a good aerospace engineer but not knowing much about finance even though I did intern at one of the best finance financial companies in the world I would not have grown so I came to realize that and it's funny that you mentioned that uh, the all star analogy the analogy that I kind of use in my life is that I was a small fish in a fishbowl. I mean, I was a big fish in a fishbowl, and then when I went to Goldman Sachs, I was that big fish, but in the ocean, you know? So there was there were a lot of sharks out there, which I had to grow up and try to be like a shark. So that's what's that's the growth mindset. So I had to deliver, develop a growth mindset in the financial world, like put everything I've achieved aside and know that when I, when I do come back to it after my internship is over, I have all those achievements plus everything I have with Goldman Sachs. Whereas if I had that mindset, I was like, I've achieved this thing. There's no way I should like put myself down and like uh, keep learning more at Goldman Sachs because I've already achieved all this stuff. Like, why, why, like, why this is useless, you know? But I realized that if I could add more onto what I actually have, I'd be more of a beneficial person to someone else in the future. No, a hundred percent. And you know, speaking of the future, you're you know you're graduating soon. Twenty twenty is coming right around the corner. Uh, you have your experience with work. You're a thirty for thirty of Forbes scholar. Um, there's a lot of accolades that you have with you. And I know you spoke that you want to go into the um, real estate uh, world. But what's next on the plate for you? Uh, where where's that next step for you? Where's the next percentage? So the next percentage is, so as I mentioned to you, uh, my high school goal was to be the uh, biggest and best at my high school. Although I didn't achieve that, I have transitioned to achieving that at UCF. I'm on, my goal right now, before I graduate, is to be the biggest and the best at UCF. I've already applied for the Order of Pegasus. Um, that's the highest honor UCF has to give any college student. So I've applied for that, and that's my goal to try and achieve that. That's the that's on the horizon, and, and I'll keep you guys updated if I do get that. And that would be one of my short-term goals achieved. But in long term, um, I've tried. I've started building up. Um, I believe that every millionaire has seven different assets. So I've tried building my knowledge. I've, although I haven't bus- built the businesses yet, I've built my knowledge on seven different assets that I could build once I do graduate and do have the the time to uh, actually invest into these different uh, streams of income. That's my next goal. Love that. If there's anything that we can do for that order of the Pegasus, mm-hmm. I know that's a huge honor at UCF. Let us know if there's any strings I can pull for you. Uh, definitely let me know because um, I think you truly deserve that. You're one of the best students that I've ever come across from UCF, um, whether it's stuff that you do in on campus or outside of campus, like you're top notch. And I really think that you deserve that that honor 
for that. Um, you're killing it, man. So keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Um, I don't know if there's anything you can do, but I'll definitely do some research and let you know if there's anything out there, but, uh, I'll never forget that even though if I don't get it, like that's not the end of the world, I'm still going to go out there and try and inspire everyone. And if I don't get it, I'm going to make sure one of my mentees does get it. And that's, that's going to be the next goal, you know? I love that, man. So we're going to move on to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking question. So are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, shoot away. All right. So I have to ask you this question. You're an aerospace major. So obviously you've, I hope that you've done some studying in the sort of space world that we live in. What is the actual probability that we actually can cultivate Mars or move to a different planet in your perspective? Oh, it's definitely possible, 100% possible. But it's not possible in the near future. And by that, I mean not in the next 20 to 50 years. Definitely in about like 70 to 80 years, um, we'll be on there, on Mars, and we'll be doing big things. We'll be, it'll be another Earth, essentially. But it's not in our lifetime. I don't think by the time we might be like 90 years old or something, when that does happen, probably not able to fly out there. But definitely our grandkids... Or like there, some someone our grand great grandkids would would definitely have the opportunity to do that, and it's on the horizon. Like Elon, Elon is working hard on that stuff, so he's he's the he's the pinnacle guy to go to, and a lot of companies are uh, a lot of startup companies are coming about from that, and I saw that at Forbes as well. A lot of startup companies in the space industry, so that that's 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 big as well. Honestly, that's pretty dope to hear because that's, that's definitely a place I would love to go. Hopefully, I hope it happens sooner than 50 to 70 years, but um, honestly, incredibly still. And Justin, I was thinking the exact same thing. So, you know, great minds think alike. Um, going to the second question, I, I was really actually really excited to ask this question ever since I heard that you had uh, a pet lion. Um, we're we're going to picture we're 100 years uh, in the future now, so you know, people can live on Earth or live on Mars. We've colonated it. We're doing incredible things. But this happens to be your last day on Earth. Okay, uh, you have all of your friends, all of your family, all of the people that you've networked with over the years in front of you, next to you, um, and uh, someone close to you hands you a book. Okay, this book happens to be an autobiography of your entire life so far. You take a look at the first chapter, and that first chapter is the beginning of your life up until this very second that me and you are speaking right now. What is the title of that chapter? That's a, that's a great question. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's, this is a, definitely the deep thinking question over here. <laughs> um, the title <laughs> of that chapter I guess the dreamer. The dreamer. Okay, I can, I like that. I don't think we've heard that one before, right, Gary? No, no, that's definitely original. I like it. All right. So we actually met me and Mahul met um, because I think you're growing an Instagram page, and Michelle reached out, and uh, that's how we kind of met on campus for the first time, which was really funny. How it all shout out to Michelle DM Goddess. Um, but before we ask our final question. Um, where can people find you? I know you're starting to produce a ton of content on LinkedIn. Where's the best place that people can pay attention to your journey, everything that you're doing and get all the updates just in case you're the guy that brings us to Mars. Um, you can feel free to follow me on uh, my LinkedIn page. I have a LinkedIn. Feel free to follow me on my Instagram or 
yeah, those are, those are the two main places I do post on Instagram or LinkedIn. Other places like Snapchat or like WhatsApp and all those other places, I don't post a lot on those. But if you want to really follow my journey, that's those are the main places. Especially professional, it's gonna be always on LinkedIn. I'm on that on that thing every day, any day, like twenty four seven. I'm on LinkedIn. We'll have it all linked down in the notes below. Um, so, final question: Are you ready, Mahul? Go ahead. Go ahead. What is a question that you wish that we asked you? What is a question that I wish you asked me? <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of wish you asked me a question that had nothing to do with my story or my successes. Something to do... Because, I mean, that's like a cliche type... I mean, we, we all want to get to know the person and we want to know their story. But a type of question... Like, it would be more of those deep thinking questions where it actually brings out character, you know? And that's that's what I... I, I always fall into this pitfall as well where I, I go into learning about someone's story, but some question that I, I go home and think of, like, right, I should have asked him this question. Maybe you would have told me something incredible that no one would have told me, you know? Okay, well, maybe let me try my, my hand at throwing a quick question at you. Um, let's see. Of where you are right now, what is your favorite thing about the American culture? Uh, you guys are open and you're, you're very helpful, actually. Like, Americans, uh, believe it or not, I didn't know that you guys would be so helpful. I could go up to someone and be like, hey, um, I don't know what's going on. Can you let me know? And that, that doesn't come from, I feel like it's a human nature, actually. It's not like just Americans. It's, but the, there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line to that. So... If if they if the so if the person that you're asking for help um, um, sees that you're somewhat compatible or you're somewhat like knowledgeable in this area, they wouldn't help you as much. But if they see you somewhat dumbfounded or if they see you like as an international student, I kept going up there and they were like, "Oh, you have an accent, so you clearly don't know what America is about." So that's when they started helping me. Had had I not had the accent, had I not said that I was international, I I don't believe that they would have gone out of your way. So. Yeah, that's, that's that's something that I've I've come to realize that is even if someone approaches me and I I come to I realize that they're compatible or they're they're already influenced in this area, I wouldn't go out of my way to help them, which is something bad on my part, and I need to change that. And yeah, that's that's, that's a great question that actually made me reflect on myself, and I actually came to realize that I I do this sometimes. So. Yeah, I appreciate that question, though. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but now it's our turn to let us know, let you know how much we appreciate you um, for you know taking the time out of your day, spending some time with us, sharing your knowledge and your story, um, and hopping on the podcast. We really appreciate it. You know how busy your schedule is, uh, but again, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I know we had scheduled this for for Monday or Tuesday, and you guys were able to. Uh, move it to today. I really appreciate you guys being being able to be flexible and moving it uh, according to my schedule. I really appreciate that, and thank you for the opportunity. I, I don't get this. I don't get to do this a lot and share my experiences with people. So I I appreciate all that all that you guys have done, and you guys are doing great things for Get Your Grind Up. I know Justin and you, Gary, as well. You guys are inspiring a lot of people out there. So keep it up and keep grinding. You know. Great man, we really appreciate that. Oh. 
love to keep you along with the journey. Um, best of luck of, to you for the Pegasus Award. I know we'll keep on track with that and we'll keep you updated on all things Get Your Grind Up. For all of our listeners out there, if you want to learn a little bit more about Mahul, hop on our website, getyourgrindup.com or follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Get Your Grind Up. We'll be back very, very soon with another episode of the Young and Dumb Podcast. But for now, always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.